for jazzercising prize muscles. He'd be as strong and flexible as Gumby and Hercules combined. Gumbercules. I love that guy. Welcome to the world of tomorrow. This is Back to the Futurama, your podcast voyage through one of the greatest TV shows Fox ever canceled. I'm Ben. And I'm Mike. And today we are talking about Season 3, Episode 2, Parasites Lost. Parasites? That's what I call my eyes, because I got a pair of them and I have sight through them. Oh, jeez. How long were you waiting to unleash that joke? I have been waiting since the moment we started this podcast to to talk about parasites lost that is a that's been months and mm-hmm. months mm-hmm. it's been hard to keep it back when we've been talking like oh this is the episode we're gonna do this week it's like i gotta wait save for the podcast it's very important all right well you do realize now you've set yourself up so that every single week we need a pun about the name of the the title I, I think there's quite enough uh, pre-existing information that I'm not locked into the pun. Because, again, I want to point out during the honking, I howled at the at, at the non-existent moon and honked. That's true. That was my previous high level, high, high watermark. You set the bar lower than a limbo stick at carnival time. You that's know as it. Low as carnival, uh, that's as low as limbo sticks get. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for bringing it back around to the show that we watch. I do what I can. Um, so yeah, this week, Parasites Lost, we get uh, still no cold opens this uh, season so far, but uh, I did like that the little thing underneath the Futurama title said, if not entertaining, write your congressman. Mm-hmm. I mostly wonder if anybody, if any congressman ever received any letters about the quality or quantity of Futurama. We should definitely send a request to the government saying, it, trying to get any records of uh, emails or m- letters sent to any congressman with the f- subject, Futurama, not entertaining. So you want a FOIA request for Futurama-related emails in the federal government? I don't think that, that it's much that much of an ask. I think I think it's a it's a issue we can all get behind. Okay. The idea of Futurama being written about two Congress people that have little to no interest in it. All right. Okay. Let's let's talk about it this way. Which Congress person would have the most interest in Futurama? It's got to be Al Franken, right? <laughs> okay. Why is that? Well, he he is an actor. A comedian, if you will. He he probably ke- still keeps those chops up. So he's like, I got to watch all the shows. Oh, look, there's this new show from this guy who made The Simpsons. I know him. I'm going to watch his new show. And then boom, he's talking about Futurama all the time. He might very well be, might be listening to this podcast right now. <laughs> th- th- thank you, Congressperson Franken. I do not remember if you are in the House or the Senate or if you're still there. Well, if you are listening, please tweet at us uh, <laughs> at Back to Futurama. Please, from your official account. Also, before we get into this episode, um, there is also, uh, it'll be kind of old news by the time this episode actually 
hits the internet airwaves because we're recording a, a week ahead of time. But uh, as of recording, tomorrow they're releasing a Futurama game on Android and iOS. I have already gotten the notification on my phone to download it, and I have downloaded it. Nice. Have you gotten to try it out at no, all? No, I yet? have not. I've been working, unfortunately. I'm I'm looking forward to it because, like, uh, I think it's. I'm hoping it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm I'm a fan of anything that gives me more Futurama in my life. Mm-hmm. So uh, agreed. We'll see, but yeah, if if I imagine most everybody listening at- to this podcast probably already knows that, but uh, yeah, if you haven't. And at this point, has already played it. Right. So if you haven't yet, um, give it a try, I guess. Hoping, I'm hoping it's good. I haven't... Yeah. We're, we're probably going to have, a, in the past of... The, we are recording now in the future, and between the recording of this episode and the posting of this episode, I'm sure we've retweeted about it. Probably, yeah. So go back and go back through our the podcast feeds information, find the retweet, go to the place, download it, and play it, and tell us what you think. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll talk about it uh, more next episode as well. I just wanted to to get that out there mm-hmm. because since we're recording a week behind, it's weird to be kind of a week behind on Futurama news and the <laughs> fact that there is Futurama news. Breaking news! So anyways, with all that said, uh, let's actually get into uh, this episode. So um, we, we have so far have made it to the title of uh, screen. So we're doing a great job on this one. And it's only been 20 minutes, so that's fantastic. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, let's talk about the episode. They are flying down historic Route 66. Absolutely. Which is a good little math joke Mm -hmm. there. And it it seems to be this, like, space highway where where, uh, we kind of hear the song Convoy Mm -hmm. uh, as we zoom in and we see the Planet Express ship. Uh, just kind of rolling down this space highway is historic route 66 exactly um it is pretty clearly the the space route of uh how to get from one place to another you know when i was in high school okay and cd burners were a new thing i used to make mixed cds and it was still a new enough thing that I would title all of them and I sure. would make graphics for all of the covers. Oh, yeah. Like, I was a little too intense for this. But my very first one I called The Root of All Evil. And it was a square root sign with all evil in it. And I thought I was so freaking clever. It was the best thing. Yeah, it's pretty clever. Uh, but yeah, so that, you know, Root of uh, Route sixty six makes me think of that. Now. So if I if I can go, just roll back to the amount of CDs that you mixtaped, how many of them had Convoy? Zero of them. However, I will point out that as as uh, Lincoln Park was very big at the time. Okay. In the end, by Lincoln Park was on basically every mix CD I ever made, which shows you how bad I was at making mix CDs. Sure. And where what in the track listing of those CDs was it at the end? No, somewhere in the middle. Okay, because it seems like it would... It was a fake out every time. Oh, I see. You're like, oh, this is obviously the end because this song references the end. Oh, there's another song. They stopped to get... And it's not Convoy. They stopped to get gas at a truck <laughs> oh, yes, stop. It, in the episode, they get gas. They stopped to get gas at Which is, Greasy Sue's Greasy Truck Stop. It's odd to me that they go get fuel mm-hmm. um, because they have Nibbler, the 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 source of their dark matter 
And usually that is in solid form and it is incredibly dense. But here they are getting, you know, a liquid fuel of some kind that does not seem to be as dense. And it's a very interesting... I imagine it's sort of a weight thing. Like if you're taking off with tons and tons of dark matter, like to get super scientific here, the more fuel you have to carry into to get into space, you have to carry more fuel to carry that fuel. Sure. So there's a diminishing returns on on that. So maybe they are just trying to save uh, fuel by not carrying the fuel into space fair but i think one of the times in which nibbler has saved them um he had that one very small very fuel dense piece of dark matter that they put into the engine that ended up causing like a turbo boost so if that small amount you know like but that was also enough to make the entire ship lean nibbler that's fair does his thing and the entire ship leans to one side i mean that's where it's heavy mm-hmm so that's true okay that makes sense uh so yes they're fueling up on dark matter uh it's a great little visual joke that i never actually looked at before but uh, the three gas pumps are regular matter dark matter and what's the matter oh boy yeah that's in there i've never noticed that before oh goodness um so yeah uh lila's like well i might as well check the the you know the the levels of the liquid you know the different liquids in the spaceship so she pulls out a dipstick and keeps pulling and keeps pulling and pulls it out an incredible margin and then then you can see she it's hey like way up in the air and she's like okay our coke syrup levels are good bender also fuels up on some ethanol or ethanol and tonic yeah. i don't remember which one he it was the for. one with the tonic and he then lights a cigar explodes and meanwhile fry stops into the men's restroom and boy i would never have gone into this restroom whatsoever it does not have a functional door there's a sign that says employees must wipe hands on pants perfect speaking of greasy sue's greasy's truck stop it's it's a very disgusting bathroom and there's sort of a little uh dispenser like you would see in in a uh truck stop men's room and one of the things that it's selling is a quote unquote fresh egg salad I, sandwich. I, I, I want I, I kind of want to go break down what's what it's uh, there's the Aldebaran ticklers for 50 cents. I don't want to know what those are. I don't either. Um, there's the breakable comb for 75 cents. So uh, mm-hmm. no, we got to get a little bit uh, the unbreakables. To, to be, mm-hmm. And then the the again, the quote fresh end quote egg salad sandwich is only 25 cents so you can get three sandwiches for the cost of one breakable comb that's pretty good deal well he he, well fry decides it's a good deal so he pays for a a fresh egg salad sandwich from again a gas station bathroom coin up delivery mechanism it is so fresh that when he is getting back on the ship He's he's eating it, and uh, Bender's like, hey, what's that black cracker? And Fry takes a crunchy, crunchy bite of it, and he's like, tomato. It's possible. Like, hearing you... I, I watched this, and then hearing you describe it, like, literally made my stomach turn. Like, I was, like, over here just like, if I'm going to throw up on, on the podcast, that's going to sound very odd. 
And that was the rest of my brain thought other than just keep it down. I do not want to think about a crispy black tomato. I'm now Unless just... it's a blackened tomato. Like like you 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 cook it. But I don't think this is that. I'm now just trying to decide if you audibly vomiting on our podcast is going to give us less or more crap than giving uh, Flight to Remember a D. Well, technically, it'd be less <laughs> crap. It would be the other way. Uh, he takes a bite of the sandwich and he says, it's like a party in my mouth and everyone's throwing up. So at least I'm on brand. It is a good line. I, I do like it a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's all I really have to say yeah, about there's, that. It's, it's a good line. Meanwhile, Leela is getting hassled while wiping stuff off of the windshield. One of the things is a, a, the Voyager uh, probe, yep. which um, so much for that golden record. Oh, well. But yeah, so she's getting uh, hassled by some trucker kind of dudes. Mm-hmm. Including Sal. Who suggests that they get busy and freaky in that order. Mm-hmm. I like it's, the specificity of busy, then freaky, not the other way around. And certainly not at the same time. That is, We would have to get a, fir- a permit. Look, if you're going to get freaky, then busy, you got to buy her a drink first. Busy, then freaky is a, you know, anything goes. It's, it's true. So Fry like goes over there and confronts them about this. He just doesn't do a very good job of it no at one point he says that she's got more meat than a cow yeah it just ends up being like just he's trying to stand up for leela but just like insulting it she is not good looking for a a gas station broad yeah he doesn't it's like no no fry stop no hold on fry think well it's fry so they go back to planet express and fry is sort of just bumming around on the couch, just being really depressed that Leela's just never going to feel the same way that he feels about Leela. Yeah. Well, fortunately, uh, Bender says it's time to go fix the plasma fusion boiler. So he doesn't have a lot of time to think about it. And they go down to the basement to fix it, and Scruffy's there. He makes a, a return. I don't think we've seen him for a lot of episodes. I don't think so, but I, I'm always happy when Scruffy shows up. Um, I think the last time was Anthology of Interest. But he definitely starts making more appearances now Mm -hmm. that we're in season three. Like, he's only made a couple so far, and now he's sort of like an actual character. Mm -hmm. But of course, they still do that same thing where he's like, who are they? are like, who are you? Scruffy, janitor. Like, they've never seen Scruffy before. He's also reading a copy of Zero G Jugs. He's laying on a cot in his, like, basement as well. So he's just like slowly leisurely reading this 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 magazine and uh licking his his uh, finger and just turning the page he also points out that the reason he's not fixing the boiler is that he has a scheduling conflict which is reading zero g jugs yeah i want to see his schedule uh, because it seems like uh that would be a long conflict yeah i mean and what what else would be conflicting with his literal job right Although a repairman janitor, well, you know, it's probably not exactly the same. So it cuts to sort of the end of when they are fixing this boiler, and it and it seems to be mostly Bender. Mm-hmm. Like Fry is still just sitting there looking sad. Bender fixes it, and he's like, "There, fixed forever." And then it immediately starts blowing up. 
Scruffy's going to die the way he lived, and he just keeps reading Zero-G Jugs, <laughs> which I got to hand it to Scruffy, like, you know. He's very stoic. He's, yeah, like, if you're going to die in a boiler explosion, like, you might as well be calm about it and keep reading your pornography. Yeah, because what are you, really, what are you going to do? You, you don't have enough time to leave to get out of the room. Uh-huh. So the boiler explodes, and everybody makes it out fine, uh, except for Fry, who now has a big pipe going through his stomach. Yep, that it, he he uh he doesn't seem all like all it hurts, and he he uh, he goes to Zoidberg and he says my lead pipe is hurting a little bit. That's normal. Next patient. Yeah, he also gets called a hypochondriac, <laughs> which is absolutely the funniest thing in the world to me. Zoidberg walks in, sees Fry in this, calls him a hypochondriac. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Uh, but the lead pipe sort of cuts itself out of Fry's body for some reason. Yeah, and it leaves a hole in his stomach. And then the hole gets patched up. Like, you can see all of his guts and everything, mm-hmm. and then it just kind of all patches back yeah, together. you can see all these different silver threads going from one side to the other until it just becomes his flesh. And it's back to normal. The professor asks Fry if he had eaten anything odd lately. Initially, he says no. And it's it's Leela who points out the twenty five cent fresh egg salad sandwich that he purchased in a truck stop's men's room. Men's room. It's it, it's wonderful to me that Fry either has forgotten about it or B thought it was normal. He seemed pretty okay about the crunchy tomato, so you know that is true. Uh, the professor says that he's going to have to have Zoidberg in uh, examine Fry's gastrointestinal tract. Everybody goes and hides behind this two-way mirror in the next room so they can watch the uh, examination, which is bizarre. Hey, don't you want to be right there for when the action happens? Nope. So Ah. I'm fine not being in the room where it happened. So (laughs) the the best joke uh, about this, though, to me is that when Zoidberg's explaining the procedure, he's like, I'm going to have to uh, put this camera inside of you. And it's he's got a little endoscope. Yeah. And Fry opens his mouth really wide. And Zoidberg's just like, guess again. And Fry's, Fry's like brow uh, furrows just a little like, oh, no. I mean, it's pretty legit. I Yes, absolutely legit. Uh, I also enjoy that uh, Zoidberg is listening to Fry's heart and hears beeping and engines revving yeah like a construction site yeah. basically it's like huh that's no. not what you're supposed to hear and everybody in the next room starts just watching this uh colonoscopy yeah while just devouring popcorn hermes has this like hyalai scoop that he just uh-huh. scoops into the <laughs> the popcorn <laughs> is just like shoving fistfuls of popcorn into his face it's very it's a wonderful image while they're watching. <laughs> We're I, looking at Fry's colon from the inside. As an aside, I think I think Hermes is a great character, A, in that just all the stuff that he says and does, but, <laughs> but also just that all of the weird things he does are neither explained nor addressed. It's true. Nobody questions that he's eating popcorn out of this highlight scoop. Mm-hmm. It's never explained why he has one or why he's using it as a popcorn bowl. 
he just is like that's his thing and, and he's that's doing fine. it and that's fine like no one it's it's just established like all the all the other weird things characters do are called out or uh they make a big point of it like oh this is a weird thing this character is doing hermes is just like i'm doing this weird thing and everybody's just like not even gonna not even gonna call attention to it mm-hmm. it's it's truly wonderful sometimes with 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 these actions that he takes so the colonoscopy is going well until it starts uh it kind of rounds a corner in his intestine and a city comes into shape yeah there's a whole city of worms mm-hmm. living in fry's lower colon yeah there's a surprising amount of utensils as part of the the buildings in the city like somehow i never realized it was built out like the tower on the city is built out of a like knife like a butter knife yeah how how'd that get there i don't i do not want to know well i mean there's really only two ways for it to get i don't (laughs) want to know i mean if we're gonna look at it scientifically all right we won't you're not wrong (laughs) i appreciate your acceptance of my being correct on this one just because you're technically correct which is the best kind of correct best kind of correct of course doesn't mean that i like it anymore it's true there's a lot of um interesting parts of this episode specifically if you are um a little squeamish on the um body stuff although at this point sorry for not warning you earlier yeah maybe we should have gone into this one being like we're gonna talk an awful lot about bodily functions uh graphic depictions of colons and stomachs and ears ears and junk and and crunchy tomatoes god (laughs) every time i say that mike looks disgusted i i literally retched a little bit it was awful well it's now my goal to see if i can get him to vomit by the end of the episode which no that's a losing prospect we record in my apartment i'm gonna throw up (laughs) on your rug or your your couch i don't know why you're you want this so much we could take a break and I can get a bucket. No. Okay. It's fine. <laughs> Maybe when we're doing a live show, I can puke on stage or something. <laughs> oh, I'm sure that'll get all of the uh, fans just like, oh, yeah, were you at the show where they like vomited on stage? Oh, yeah, it was, it was awesome, man. It was so lit. Lit AF. Word. <laughs> That's what kids say. Do kids still say word? I don't. I, I really don't think so. Okay. Well. But I think we were good. We were good with the lit AF until we went uh, elsewhere. I have accidentally revealed that I'm not a hip young teen on my TV show. Um, on, <laughs> on my podcast, that's about a 17 year old TV show. <laughs> God, don't. This TV show is almost not a teenager anymore. It's true. It's almost old enough to... You can almost marry this TV show. Well, I think that would be tough considering I'm already married, but I'll, uh, I'd like to see if I can get this done. Okay. <laughs> I love Futurama that much. <laughs> and I know it loves me. Okay. Well, uh, does your wife still listen to these episodes, by the way? She does not. Okay. Well, that's fine. This might be a blind side to her. <laughs> Can I be your best man at the Mike Futurama <laughs> wedding? 
I figured you'd be on Futurama's side of the wedding party, oh, to be honest. okay. Not like Matt Groening or <laughs> David X. Cohen or any of oh, them. Oh, I'm sorry. They are not invited. Oh. <laughs> okay. I, 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 can't, I can't anymore. <laughs> uh, no, absolutely. Okay, if we're going to actually build this out. On my side, it's it's the group of friends that we've got. And then on the Futurama side, th- there are going to be people dressed up as Fry, Leela, Zoidberg, and Bender. Okay. I think that's and fair. Hermes. Uh, w- w- with the amount of people I might have, uh, Hermes, because I, I have to have you know somebody in my family on, on my, my uh, okay. side of the wedding party. So, so add Hermes as well on the other side. I think that's fair. So the professor says that they're going to have to go into Fry's body to remove the worms. And to do this, they have a little tiny microscopic Planet Express ship that they are all going to get into and go into Fry's body to manually remove them. Mm -hmm. Bender, of course, immediately calls Shotgun, like a split second before Zoidberg calls Shotgun. Mm -hmm. Zoidberg's got to be quicker on the draw than that. Uh, But basically, they have these little tiny miniature analogs like little nanobots essentially tiny micro droids yeah uh yeah i can remember what they were called specifically but uh they control them through the net suits that we saw in a bicyclops built for two yep the that that title has uh continued to be difficult to say i can tell it's a rough one that's a rough one uh, but yes, so the same suits are used in this application as well. So you can control this droid that is currently would will be swimming through something in Fry. To quote the professor, the net suits will let you experience Fry's worm-infested bowels as if you were actually wriggling through them. And Zoidberg says, "There's no part of that sentence I didn't like." I I I most of the time agree with and enjoy Zoidberg's take on things. I am fully and a hundred percent opposed on for, on this for for Zoidberg. I am not interested in wriggling through anyone's bowels, whether they are worm infested or not. The mission is that they need to go into the colon and uh, tickle a ganglion that I always forget the name of, like pelvic blank. Like I think it's made up. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's made up, but I have written it down somewhere. The pelvic splanchnic ganglion. And that will forcefully eject the worms from Fry's colon. And from it, it is implied that most everything will be. So the reason that they're doing this is uh, the reason that they're doing it this way is that the worms know everything that Fry knows. So you can't tell fry what's going on you just have to do it because if if the if fry knows the worms know and they will mount a defense against this invasion sure i there are a lot of things here why was this way better than figuring out some kind of medicine with a doctor not dr zoidberg clearly not dr zoidberg no but sure i mean go to the taco bellevue hospital just go to taco bell That'll expel a lot. But it might... Well... <laughs> I feel like we shouldn't... We, we've been throwing a lot of shade on some corporations recently, so I don't know if we should just keep going down those paths. But yeah, it, w- it would definitely do that. Yeah. Can't lie. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's a plot hole that I'm not 
really interested in in going down because the idea of going into Fry's body makes for such a great episode, and I would like to continue talking about all of the gross stuff that's about to happen. Oh boy, I just you, uh, listener, if you'd like to eject, just go ahead. You're yeah, it's it's gonna get wet and wild here in a minute. Oh yeah, and that's not just sweat. Meanwhile. Leela has to distract him so that Fry doesn't know what's going on. Uh, all of the little droids get into this Planet Express ship. Leela shoots them into his ear like a, a dart, essentially. By, by uh, uh, distracting him with, a, I believe, a starling? Then they, they get into his ear, and then this whole part of the, the podcast is going to get kind of weird because we keep having to go back and forth between different clips so like we'll try to to get through that without too much uh i don't know it's gonna be it's gonna be tough well the the two the two situations are happening in parallel with right but i'm but the the scenes jump back and forth a lot is all i'm saying sure just bear with us for that so so basically leela and fry are going for a walk yes because because it's such a lovely day perhaps right we do we get a lot basically in the Planet Express ship side of things, they are going all throughout his body. First through his ear, and it's just it's really gross. And Fry's like, "There's a lot of lot of earwax there." And Fry sticks his finger in his ear, and and they manage to get through the eardrum. And then a little worm comes up and just fixes the little po- mm-hmm. hole they poked in the eardrum, which which is nice. That way you don't have to wait for it to heal and have that weird auditory experience. Uh, one of my favorite bits about the this trip through Fry. <laughs> it's a weird sentence, but um, basically anytime anything bad happens, Bender's like, abandon ship! Like he's ready to leave at the, the drop of a hat. There are literally multiple times where people are holding him back from abandoning ship. So, uh, yeah, we, we find out that the worms are basically doing a complete overhaul on basically every part of Fry. Yeah, his... Uh his uh, muscles are getting jazzercised. His, you know, anything that's broken is being fixed. His brain is being massaged and doubling his uh, brain power. Things like that. There are so many. Like this is see. This is what I'm talking about. It's going to be hard to really sit down and discuss because there are so many good jokes jam packed into every moment of this. That like, if we went through them all, we would basically just be doing a shot by shot. Thing, a shot by shot breakdown of the episode yeah a podcast re- remake of the episode um so i think maybe just uh best parts of this and we'll kind of give a quick summary sure. my favorite one is absolutely 100 percent the the line when uh hit the worms are jazzercising his muscles and hermes is like uh he'll ah. he'll be as strong and flexible as gumby and hercules combined and Zoidberg goes, Gumbercules? I love that guy. <laughs> I just love the it's, name it's, Gumbercules so much. It's wonderful. Uh, my favorite gag is is very quick. quickly into once they get into the nose. Um, Fry ends up smelling a rose and it has a lot of particles hitting the ship. And, and uh, Zoidberg says that they could escape through a nasal capillary into the sinus. And when pressed on this, because generally he doesn't know a lot of human anatomy... Uh, he says he listened, l- learned it from a decongestant commercial. And then, yeah, later on when they're in the heart, 
The professor says that they're in the heart, better known as the love muscle, and Zoidberg's like, where the food is digested. <laughs> like, that immediate callback to that joke is so good. Yeah. And and I also enjoy where, where they're leaving the heart because it's beating very uh, a lot because mm-hmm. Fry is feeling feelings. Um, where they go to a cholesterol-coated uh, uh, valve, and Zoidberg literally leaves the ship, <laughs> scrapes some of the cholesterol onto a cracker, and says, it's it's good cholesterol, but it spreads like bad cholesterol. Zoidberg has a lot of really good moments in this episode. This is a very good Zoidberg episode. It's a episode. very good Zoidberg episode. We, we haven't even gotten to the, my favorite one yet. Uh, well, I think in the meantime, we'll hop back over to Fry and Leela mm-hmm. because they're, they're taking a walk and like you said, they're smelling roses and, and he is just, he's a completely different person. When he's smelling flowers, he's talking about, uh, smelling like hydrocarbon chains and, and, you know, all this, uh, sciencey sort of mm-hmm. talk about just smelling flowers it, it's fry's elastic intelligence but this time it is part of the plot well i mean he's it's worms literally like molding that plastic and into I, smartness what, i'm not even i'm my implication with what i had previously said is that i'm not seeing this as a negative as because it is like plot related no absolutely so. yeah and there's there's a part where they run into that same trucker dude who mm-hmm. was um which was his name sal sal they run into sal who uh you know leela's like oh let's just cross the street and then and try to blend in with those pimps fry rips off his shirt to like well first he asks like you owe this you owe this woman an apology and then when uh it starts looking violent he rips off his shirt and he's like just ripped like muscles on muscles and this is prompted because leela's like Look out. It looks like he might be coated in what looks like muscles. He beats up Sal and Well, Sal draws a knife. He's doing No, I'm not I'm not saying Fry I'm not saying Fry provokes it. It's just it's what happens is he beats up Sal. Oh, fair. Yeah. Like I said, there's a lot to get through in this episode. I'm trying to skip over some details here. Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, self defense is an important detail. So back in, in Fry's body. They make it all the way down to the bowel after getting sort of a chase sequence in the stomach where mm-hmm. the worms realize something's going on. There's also a penny in his stomach. Like, he's eating a lot of weird things. Well, it is fry. Um, so they ba- barely make it through the pylonic sphincter, um, which the uh, the chasing worm tank, floating tanks, end up crashing against and exploding. Mm-hmm. Um, and they make it to the bowel. And... They uh, land and and they're like, okay, we gotta we gotta go tickle that ganglion. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, Amy asks, what about the worms and the rest of his body? And that's when the professor is like, look, this is gonna be one hell of a bowel movement. He's gonna be lucky if he has any bones left, <laughs> which I can't imagine. I don't want to imagine. No, I but, think it's best if you try not to. But more than anything, it's like. Why would a human body have something that, if tickled, causes you to poop so hard your bones get crushed? (laughs) (laughs) I I wonder if he's uh, exaggerating at all. I don't know. I mean, he seems pretty confident in the fact that Fry is about to get wrecked. (laughs) 
So <laughs> the professor is confident about a lot of things, like screaming albino monkeys screaming, uh, "I love you, mom." Yeah. At at this point, I think is your favorite Zoidberg part because they ask uh-huh. where Zoidberg is, and he comes riding in on a single sperm, saying. You'll never guess where I've been. <laughs> and he's so excited. He, he about like this. literally comes in, yippee kaye! And he's like writing, like, kind of, <laughs> he's got a cowboy hat. And it's just all wonderful. Oh, oh man. Yeah, that's that's my favorite Zoeber moment, at, and at least this episode, if not this season, if not the entire thing. So back in, uh, back with Fry and Leela, they're getting um coffee or tea or Yeah, it seems like a tea time. Leela says, "Oh, you know, it's been so nice." And and Fry basically takes his time to to tell her how he feels about her. Mm-hmm. Um which I love his his explanation of like every time uh, I've wanted to tell you for so long, but every time I try, I get nervous and my mouth feels like it's stuffed with peanut butter even when it's not. Which A <laughs> implies that sometimes it is stuffed with peanut butter. I mean, wouldn't you? Um, and B, is there a better explanation of like how it feels to try to talk about one's feelings when you're nervous than it feels like my mouth is stuffed with peanut butter? It's a it's a pretty good uh, analogy. I like it. Yeah, it's strangely poetic in its awkwardness. Strangely poetic, yeah. And and at this point, he's he's much he's double as smart as usual, Fry. So I think he. Either might be onto something or uh, has accidentally run into it, but it, but yeah, it's, I think it's a good analogy as well. But during this conversation, uh, well, because he he says that it's only been recently that he's been able to articulate his feelings, and Leela's like, "Wait, since you ate that toilet sandwich, I mean, she's oversimplifying. It, I mean, it wasn't found in a toilet. That would have been a different situation entirely." Unless you're in the UK, where they call a bathroom a toilet. Oh. Ha <laughs> You are technically correct. Boom. So many points over here for this guy. Leela realizes, oh no, like it's the worms making Fry this intelligent, strong person. Thoughtful, yeah. That she actually really liked spending time with. So she runs into Planet Express, makes a, a little... Uh, robot body of her own mm-hmm. uh spits it out the window into fry's coffee and then he drinks it and uh so now leela's in there as well mm-hmm. and and at this point uh the cr- the rest of the crew is fighting against the worms trying to get to the ganglion and they and they do and they uh break down the door with uh the battering ram that is bender's head uh, and they were getting ready to tickle it and hold on. But just then, Leela shows up. And oh, perfect timing, Leela. Then kills everyone with a battle axe. Yeah, she sure does. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, they're the droids. So pretty much as soon as everyone's droid is destroyed, uh, it cuts to inside of Planet Express where they're all just like taking off their net suits and being like, what the hell? Uh, they explain to Fry basically what happens and we don't get the explanation it cuts to right afterwards and he's like of all the parasites i've had over the years these worms these worms are among the hell they are the best which is wonderful because he had to think about it 
later on, we're at Leela's apartment, apartment 1I. Old Fry would have made a joke about that. And they, uh, they're they in her apartment, which has a chair and a TV and no windows and white walls and white floor. Uh-huh. It's very underfurnished, as she says it is. Fry uh, decides to seduce her, if you will. Well, Leela is trying to pull him into the bedroom and Fry's like, wait, I want to play this for you. So he pulls out a musical instrument, the holophoner, the first which time is the first up. time we, we see the holophoner, uh, which is a kind of a weird purple clarinet almost with a like big ball like bell Sphere, on the end yeah. of it. And, and when you play it, it, it makes holographic images. Which is really cool, but it also plays like a whole symphony of instruments, which makes me wonder how one actually plays a holophoner. Leela does point out only a few people in the world can actually play a holophoner, and they're not even good at it. Mm-hmm. Somehow, though, he managed to play, manages to play this whole symphony with this beautiful scene going on and, and everything. And, and uh, pictures of like uh, holograms of Fry and Leela dancing in mm-hmm. space and inside of a pearl and... That them to both of them like reimagined as otters like swimming through and jumping out of water mm-hmm. and it's very it's actually quite wonderful quite be- quite beautiful and um we we've already we're running behind on time already but mm-hmm. so I'll just mention briefly uh, I saw a post where somebody got a clarinet from a a pawn shop and modded it into a holophoner replica and it's really awesome and if I can find it I'll put it on the the Twitter. That's the best thing I've ever heard. It's pretty great. That's wonderful. Um, so after this performance, Leela wordlessly brings him into her bedroom and they start making out. She hasn't felt this happy since Double Soup Tuesday at the Orphanarium. <laughs> I just like his, his response of, when I'm with you, every day is Double Soup Tuesday. <laughs> That's a pretty good line. It's pretty good. Um, Maybe better than, hey, sexy mom, I want to kill all humans. No. You're right. That's the best line. Mm-hmm, it's the best. Um, so they have a discussion about, um, you know, Fry and Leela. And Leela says she loves what he's become. Fry kind of gets stuck on that phrase and uh, has he has to d- figure out something. And he, he leaves and goes to Planet Express. As an aside, in my notes, I, I have big uh, headings for each major scene change. And so I called this one back in Fry's butt. Uh-huh. For for reasons. <laughs> because he makes himself into a little, one of those little micro droids, just drops it down the back of his pants, and then uh, we're back in mm-hmm. Fry's butt. I appreciate how many ways they figured out how to get these micro droids in, into Fry. Well, ear, mouth, butt. Basically just going down the list of orifices. Mm-hmm. And no one went up the nose, though. Not yet. Maybe next time. Maybe Maybe in the sequel parasites lost two electric boogaloo <laughs> this time it's this, personal this time they're more lost parasites loster <laughs> that's not a thing okay moving on Par- <laughs> parasites lostest and that's the the end of the trilogy yeah, yeah um return of the parasites yeah parasites versus turbo wolf anyways <laughs> so <laughs> uh yeah, they Fry goes down into this city of worms and he demands to speak to whoever's in charge. And they're like, who wants to know? And he points at this statue that's doing the same dramatic 
pointing pose and it just says the known universe. <laughs> it's terrific. And from here on out, all the worms refer to him as universe. Yeah. Like that's as far as they know, that's his name. Sure. Uh, so he uh, goes to the, I believe, the king of Cologne. I think you mean colon. <laughs> they very clearly <laughs> pronounce it Cologne. Uh, I think he is he is trying to cover the fact that they live in a colon. Wouldn't you? It seemed like pretty good once they cleaned it up. It used to be a big dump. It's true. Um, I can't even take credit for that joke. Amy says that joke. Fry asks the worms to leave because Fry's in love and he needs to make sure that they that Leela loves him and not the worms. Right. So uh, they they are t- they are not going to leave and instead he sword fights. Well, the king sword fights with him. Because the king raised a cloud of children here and his ancestors came over on the sandwich. <laughs> God. But yeah, they they have a, a like uh, duel. Um they go into an elevator uh and and go up to the brain, but he very for a moment there he he r- scrolls down the different options and the last one is the ballroom. Yep. Brain, lungs, liver, ballroom. They kind of fight throughout, you know, he's he mm-hmm. kind of gets the upper hand and then more worms join in. Yeah. And then Fry climbs up one of the uh the neurons. Yeah. And he's like, stop, or else I'll you know, damage my own brain and kill myself. Uh the king uh, is is ready to call his bluff because no no organism would willingly make themselves dumber. Obviously, you've never been in love. And then he just starts cutting these neurons. He's going to town, and every time he cuts, he's like, ow, because he's feeling his own droid cut his own brain, which has to be a really weird feeling. Yeah, I can only... I I barely want to imagine it. And he uh, makes kind of a mistake, in my opinion, where he uh, cuts the hand-eye coordination lobe and then just starts flailing around because he no longer has the ability to sword fight because he's basically just made himself a clumsy idiot mm-hmm. but he's also in love so he's not he was acting like an idiot anyway look all i'm saying is that when you're in love you still need some hand-eye coordination if you know what i mean moving on <laughs> um so he accidentally cuts the uh the the kind of catwalk or uh like uh, yeah he's kind of on a big catwalk yeah and he, and he cuts mm-hmm. the cords to it and he falls down and he lands right in front of the medulla oblongata, the control center of the heart and lungs, and is ready to swing at it, which will kill him. And thus all the worms. And there's kind of a tense moment, and then they're like, he's, he's about to do it, and they're like, all right, all right, we'll leave, but we'll be back, because like... The next time you eat a fast food burger, boom. Yeah, you ever wonder what makes special sauce so special? yo and they <laughs> that like the like <laughs> the arrogance of the worms is just wonderful every time it's like <laughs> i can't believe it back at leela's fry comes back in and she is now decked out in some sultry some lingerie sultry lingerie and, and is asleep with a book on her head the book of true stories of courageous animals I love her choices. Uh-huh. Fry's like, let me play the holophoner for you one more time. She's like, no, you don't have to do that. I'm, I'm, still, already, su- I'm still seduced from before. 
don't do this thing you're about to do. You're already you did it. Don't worry about it. Uh huh. Um, and uh, he does it anyways, and he plays what is essentially some really awful, uh, almost chords and a hologram of a Frankenstein's monster's head. Yeah, just like groaning. Just like yeah. And then at, once he finishes, it just kind of explodes. <laughs> Like what? What does that mean? He's like, I don't know. I got nervous and I started thinking about neck bolts. And, and then he swings. Sw- <laughs> Dude, that's what you think of when you're nervous. Uh, he swings the holophoner and knocks over the vase of of flowers. It's like, did you see that? It went And uh, yeah, at this point, he reveals that uh, he got rid of the worms um, because he had worms. Like he had yeah. to know. And. He's like, well, which one of you wrote that sonnet? And he's like, I don't know. I think I did. It's maybe 50-50. <laughs> um, and then he kind of blows it because he's like, no, it'll be great. I got a baggie of massage oil. Yeah. All, it's like pretty much just like pulled it out of his like su- like jacket inside pocket. And I'm going to give you a super back rub, just like I used to give Amy when we were. And then, yeah, she gives him kind of an angry look, jabs the ha- holophoner back at him, and then kicks him out. Yeah. So Fry back at, at his and Bender's apartment is like, well, I guess Leela's a lost cause. I give up. Bender says, if it's any consolation, my life's great. Babes, bucks, I got it all. <laughs> Which is exactly the thing you want your friend to say when they're depressed about, you know, anything in their life. And you're just like, well, I know this is going to make you feel better. I'm awesome in every conceivable way and my life's great. <laughs> It's uh, It certainly is a bender reaction to the situation in front of him. Mike, I know your marriage is on the rocks because you tried to marry a TV show. Yeah, um, I know. it's 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 been rough for me in it's the been really, 20 minutes since I even approached this It's the been topic. really rough, but, you know, if it's any consolation, my life is awesome in every conceivable way. You know what, Ben? That does make me feel better. It worked. It nice. did. Yeah. He... he uh, uh, once Bender walks away and they they go away for the night, uh, uh, Fry picks up the holophoner again and, and a little uh, My First Holophoner book and starts playing. And it, it he makes the hologram into a crude representation of Leela. Uh, sort of a crudely drawn, not like a crude... No, yeah, that, the, you're yes. right. That's, it's, yeah, it, it's, it's just like a four-year-old's drawing of Leela's yes. head. Um, and he just smiles a little. Both bit. definitions of crude are technically correct, but uh, it's it's good to be specific here. It's not like a body version mm-hmm. of Leela, um, but yes, it's not he, like zero G jugs, Leela. <laughs> <laughs> not, not scruffy approved. Not scruffy approved. No, it, it is a just a uh, like yeah, just a like a four year old's drawing of yeah. a very simple drawing of Leela. And uh, he kind of smiles and then just it ends right there. Um, And so with that, it's time for grades. I love this episode. Okay. It is this very unique combination of an episode where you get a lot of jokes just back to back to back, just crammed into this episode. I mean, we didn't have time to talk about everything that was going on when they were all inside of Fry phrasing, but you know what I mean. <laughs> um, it, it, phrasing, yet it was still correct. It was still accurate. So yeah, there's just so many good jokes, so many good lines. 
But at the same time, I feel like most episodes where you get that sort of, you know, back-to-back joke sort of structure, you don't get a good story out of it, per se. It's just a lot of jokes. I know I've been... I tend to give lower grades to the ones that are just like, oh, here's a bunch of jokes. Because, yeah, they're funny, but I like a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Here, we get the best of both worlds. Because tons of funny jokes all throughout the episode. We also get some story about Fry and Leela and they they kind of start developing, you know, this you know, the the I mean Fry's wanted a relationship with Leela since like the very beginning of the series, but yeah. essentially. And so we're finally getting some payoff for that and some character arcs. And so you get kind of a little of everything and then it ends on that it's they're not quite pulling the 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 real uh punches yet, but it is sort of this like melancholy but kind of hopeful ending yeah it is just it's such a great episode i'm gonna give it an a plus oh wow okay um i i i i'm finding it hard to to disagree with anything that you said um there's a lot of good moments with a lot of the different cast it um as we mentioned it's a very good episode for zoidberg it's a good episode for hermes um it's it, 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 it interestingly enough we don't there's not a lot of bender going on which is which I would have assumed would have knocked it down in your, I, I'm smiling, but I'm just joking around. But, but I think it's, it, it does have that kind of optimistic melancholy aspect to the ending. And you can see this relationship is not going to remain static between Leela and, and Fry. It's going to make, do some changes throughout the rest. And we, I mean, for those that have watched already, they know that, that, you know, it's kind of that classic, uh, sitcom will they won't they kind of thing um and i i think i think all most of what is happening really works i think there's some you know some stuff with the worms that is fine that's probably the weakest part of the episode to me the characterization of the worms but, okay but even then i think it it all works together it kind of plays off of the 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 tropes that i even i mentioned earlier about fry having elastic intelligence so that this is built into the story and and makes sense within the, the narrative. I uh, I think I'll have to agree with you and give it an A plus as well. Nice that that makes uh, the second episode that we have both given an A plus to. Mm-hmm. The other one being how Hermes requisitioned his groove back. Um, should we should we determine which one is better or should we just leave it as it, as it is? No, I mean I think once you get sort of in that A plus, like you know it's it's because re- I think people who have listened to us for a while know that like even though we love pretty much every episode of Futurama we can be kind of harsh on it because we're grading Futurama against all other episodes of Futurama right so to be in that a plus club like that's that's Sophie's choice there like that's That's true yeah it's gonna be hard um so I don't I don't even know that that's necessarily worthwhile conversation okay just Um, wanted to broach the topic no, fair enough. Um, but yeah, if any of our listeners have thoughts on this episode or any other episodes, or if you uh, get uh, that new Futurama mobile game and want to talk about that, I would be definitely uh, interested in, mm-hmm. in hearing about that. I'm going to hopefully have some time next week to kind of dive into that. So. so yeah, if you'd like to get in contact with us at all, you can do so through email by sending an email to back to the Futurama podcast at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at back to Futurama. 
You can find us and like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash back to Futurama, which somebody did during the episode. Like I had my iPad out with my Ooh. notes and I saw a little dropped thing that said uh, somebody liked. So that was well. Well, thank you for, for liking us during our, our episode. And uh, you can also find us on iTunes. Uh, please rate, review, subscribe, and let's let's share the party with everybody else. Yeah, and uh, until next week, I'm Ben. And I'm Mike. Goodbye from the world of tomorrow. tomorrow.